Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Can't wait for your canter? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Yes, hello. Welcome to It's Off The Bench Summer Edition. It's where we have a look at all the great things that have happened on Sports Day throughout the week with myself, Jason Matthews, Scott Sattler, and, of course, the Rats, Matt Rogers. Some good things do happen, you know. We've spoken to some great guests over the week, uh, including Headley Thomas. You know the teacher's pet guy? Unbelievable. He's a friend of Sat's. And this story in itself uh, is quite personal with Scott Sattler. He was taught by Chris and Paul Dawson at Coomba Bar State High School. So, yeah, there's a bit of... Um, there's a bit of personal stuff in this chat that we have with Headley Thomas. That is coming up uh, real soon. Um, the man that I just admire, the South Sydney Rabbitohs skipper, Cam Murray. Just thought I'd play this as a little teaser. Uh, he'll be coming up uh, on the show for us uh, real soon. Uh, plus, Dual International, Lottie Takiri will be uh, coming up on the show as well. There's plenty to come up before I get into the... Um, oh, I'll just kill that. Sorry. Sorry, just a typical South fan living in southeast Queensland. Uh, before we get into that, we better get into our dig. Uh, view the range at SherlockLastLonger.com.au. That's SherlockLastLonger.com.au. I'm having a dig at the Australian cricket team. Did you see that game last night? Holy moly. How bad are we? We head over to South Africa. We play a T20 series. Things are looking great. We then get into the ODIs. Things are starting to look great. And then we fall off a cliff, losing the last three. Then, then we go over and play a three-match series against India, lose that. But we win a game and we fight our ways back with that. And now we get to, the, we, we get to this ODI World Cup in India and we just can't win a game. Last night we were belted absolutely belted by South Africa, who aren't even, I don't even think are up there as favourites. They made seven for 311 off their 50 overs. All we could manage of 40.5 overs is 177. We made changes last night. Inglis brought in for, for Carey. Yeah, he's failed a little bit, but, you know, I'd back Carey in the middle order to, to steady the ship. What, what's going on? Where are our spinners? Zampa's incredibly out of form. Do we drop Zampa? But who do we bring in? We have no spinners. Maxi bowled all right as a part-timer last night. What do we do? How do we fix the Australian one-day cricket situation at the moment? Does someone have to get injured so we can send some more spinners over? Why isn't Kuhneman in the side? Handy bowler with the white ball. Why isn't he... Over in India, in the 15-man squad, what do you think? 0457 736 736 from the job site to your backyard. Lighten the load with Sherlock, available at Bunnings Warehouse. It's a big show. Let's kick it off with Cam Murray. Murray! A I've seen plenty of those. He's got beautiful hair. He has... He... You're saying that. I'm surprised I'm allowed to talk to him after hunting him down at the buffet during Magic Round in Brisbane. Cam Murray, the South Sydney captain, and, of course, Kangaroo joining us on Sports Day. G'day, Cam. 
Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, you're in Bowen, I believe. The bus has stopped in Bowen. Yeah, no, so we, we just got to Townsville. We just left Bowen about two hours ago, but we were there for lunch. It was good. Yeah, but, so a little bit of trivia here. Yeah. The pub in Bowen, yeah. famous pub, was in the movie Australia with yep. Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman and was owned by former Origin player, or it might still be, by Mick McLean. There you go. There's a bit of trivia. Was for, that the pub you went to, uh, Cam? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we've got a little bit of history about it too, so it's good. And hopefully a discount as well when the kangaroos uh, pop in. Now, listen, I've been given crap for how, – how long ago was Magic Round? It was about, was about May. About what? May. Mate, I came up to you a couple of days in a row at the buffet. Thank you. I didn't know they served, like, fruit and stuff at buffets so, and poached eggs. So thank you for the education on that, mate. But uh, I just – I wasn't – can you just let Sats know I wasn't creepy, Cam, at all? I did talk about Sats and his dad. I did use his dad uh, to wedge into the conversation. But can you just explain to everyone I was not creepy as a South fan? Go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, you're fine, mate. It's fine. I was happy to have a chat to you at breakfast. Yeah, oh, the AVO stuff. Yeah, I didn't know there was a fruit section. Seriously. Hey, before good. we talk about uh, the games this weekend and, of course, the Pacific Championships, Cam, would have been happy news as your childhood mate, Keon Kulamatangi, agreeing with the uh, the bunnies again. Yeah, it's great news. Um, you know, I, I can't think of better news in the off season too, particularly the way we ended the season. It's just it's great to see um, a few of the boys uh, locked in, a few of the key players in our squad actually being locked in despite what happened on and off the field last year. I think it's just a good uh, reminder and uh, confirmation to everyone looking in on us, how much uh, we're all in at the club, how much we love the club and how much we want to see it be successful and contribute to that. So it's great to see Keon um, signing that contract there and uh, putting that behind him and, you know, hopefully him as well as the rest of the boys in the squad can, uh, you know, rip in the pre-season and look forward to actually, um, you know, putting in a, um, a good pre-season and then... Um, being successful on the field. So, yeah, it's great to see. Now, preparation for this game in Airlie Beach, the Wit Sunday, is not a bad place oh. to, to prepare for a game. Now, is there any, like, usual suspects in the side, Cam, that just love getting the guns out up in the Wit Sundays? Uh, Nico Hines likes taking his shots every now and then. He's got a pre- pretty good tan to, um, to show off. And um, who else? There's a few boys out there, but um, I think Nico Hines the first person that comes to mind, so he doesn't like showing off a bit of skin. Jeez, people love giving him stick, don't they? Yeah. All his teammates Easy love target. giving it to him. Yeah. Hey, um, Dylan Edwards, everybody, no matter what side of the border you're from, north or south, everybody was happy for Dylan Edwards to be selected into the Australian team. Is Has he got a massive smile on his face, Cam? Yeah, he does. He looks like he's really enjoying camp, and... Um, like you said, it's um, very much deserved. You know, he's um, been one of the informed players of the competition now for the last three years. So um, he probably deserved a little a taste of rap footy probably a little bit um, ago. But, um, you know, he's, he's bought his time well and um, he's obviously more than earned his spot. So, um, yeah, he's bouncing around uh, real happy. And he's a, um, you know, I've never met him before, but he's a great lad as well. He's, he's a good teammate. He's, um, you know, very respectful and... Um, obviously seeing what he's done on the field, but I'm actually really keen to lace up the boots and run out beside him for the first time. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for Bill. We'll talk about the first time, the debutantes, four of them, Cam. 
Can you remember the first test you had, your debut back in 2019, how nervous you were to wear the green and gold and, and looking at them now, knowing how they'd be feeling come Saturday night? Yeah, I do remember. It's probably one I'd actually prefer to forget, if I'm honest. Uh, wasn't didn't go the way we planned in um, in New Zealand there against Tonga, but um, nonetheless, it was, a, it was such an honour for me to put on the Australian jersey after you know the year I had in 2019. I, I debuted for New South Wales that year as well, and um, you know got all the way up to a prelim final in 2019 as well. So it was a great way to top off that year, and uh, yeah, I was just really keen to run out and do my best and be be a good teammate and. Um, you know, represent my um, myself, my family, and my country proud. So, um, you know, we've heard a few little. Um, uh, you know, there's been a bit of storytelling here in camp, particularly the um, the debutants and what it means to them to represent who they represent and why they play the sport. So, um, yeah, I guess it, it's just uh, more of an incentive for us to go out there and uh, make the first game in green and gold for our debutants, a special one. So. Yeah, really looking forward to um, seeing what our debutants um, can produce. And, you know, they've obviously earned the right um, to be here. They've been in some phenomenal form this, this year. So really looking forward to um, to running out, out there beside them. So for players that didn't play in the finals, Cam, from a conditioning perspective, do you give yourself much of a rest after the last round or you you pretty much just continue through from a, a training perspective, whether it's individual training or kangaroo train on squads, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, I gave my, I, I probably gave myself um, about half a week off, and then um, I was pretty lucky actually. Our New South Wales Cup side was um, in some pretty good form, and they won the the comp, and then wait, uh, and then won the um, the state championship as well. So. I had a few of my teammates to train alongside there and I did a session with them, one of their big sessions actually when they had the bye. So I was lucky I still had a team environment to to train in and uh, rub shoulders with some of my teammates and actually get some specific footy fitness there. So uh, that was pretty good. But yeah, I gave myself uh, you know a decent amount of time off to digest everything that happened and um, celebrate the season with the boys. But um, yeah, not too much time off. I'm type of guy that you know loses fitness pretty quickly and um, just for the sake of my mind and my head being in the right space I just need to make sure that I'm ticking the legs over and keeping up that um, conditioning to make sure that I'm in the best shape possible because I you know I want to be playing my best footy when I'm playing for my country so um, yeah gave myself a little bit of time off but um, yeah not much I was back into it pretty soon. Now, Cam, uh, on a personal note you must be pretty excited and pumped that you're going to be a, a dad for the first time soon. Which is which is pretty exciting. I mean, it changes any any male listening to this show right now will tell you having a child will change you forever. Makes you be a rugby league player. I know that. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. So, but Cam, the problem is it's the lead up, the amount of jobs you got to do right to get the room ready and all that sort of stuff. Surely, a man on your sort of coin, you, the best advice I can give you is get a man to do those jobs. So I'm talking painting, putting Why a man? cots That's together. Sexist. Oh, for God's sake, a male or female. But get get yourself someone who'll do all that stuff for you, Cam, because it never ends. Yeah, don't put the cot together, mate. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, it is. I'm really excited. So is my partner, and um, it still feels a little bit weird when you say it. Say that I'm going to be a dad, so it hasn't fully sunk in yet. But um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about um, you know being a dad for the first time, and I'm actually I'm having a little girl as well. So a lot of people oh, tell me that changes awesome. you. Um, you know, a lot having a daughter as well. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually, um, I'm probably the one in the relationships that, that um, you know, puts her feet up and isn't very handy. My partner, on the other hand, she's pretty she's pretty good, so she'll probably rip in with, with the painting and, you know, all the, um, oh, how good the flat pack building and all that type of thing. So she's pretty good at it. So um, I'll just um, I'll make sure that I just give her some um, support on the sidelines or something like that. Oh, so how good. I'd love that? to be there yeah. when you draw a reach in your first, your first nappy change. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not great. Uh, and yeah, the baby. forward to that. Yeah. Every, everyone goes on a baby moon, mate. You're doing the baby moon thing. We went to Thailand for ours. I don't know why. Yeah. You're doing a baby moon? Um, yeah, I actually don't know. I don't, I don't even know. Look, we, we always try to get away, so maybe we might jam, park the baby moon, you know, maybe even um, celebrate the engagement and um, the end of season holiday all in one. So we'll see how we go. Beautiful. All right, mate, good luck uh, Saturday night against Samoa. It should be a big night. Uh, many of the boys going to Reuben Cotter's wedding on Sunday. Uh, were you one of the ones to get a, an invite? Um, no, I wasn't. I'm not sure. I, I think um, I'm, I think most of the boys in the team uh, will just be the uh, teammates back at Clubland. But um, depending on how we play and what the celebrations are like after the game, there might be a few <laughs> gate crashes. I reckon. We might not make the wedding. Up the road as well yeah. from where we're staying. Watch so. out, mad cow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll see how we go. I hear that's where the wedding reception is anyway. Yeah, if you want cow. to crash it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cam Murray, good luck on Sunday night. Gay the Aussies as they take on Samoa, and thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you have it. South Sydney. Can I just play this one more time? Did you, you didn't say anything about the jersey I got signed for you from him. And Oh, that's right. You said it, you said it thinks, you think it says Sam Murray. No, no. The lady at the, 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 the shop where, where I had it framed, framed yeah. and I've had it framed. I've got to pick it up tomorrow. She said, who's Sam Curry? <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I forgot to mention. I'll send him a photo of it. <laughs> and we've put it to bed. I wasn't creepy. Hey, wasn't that was interesting where he says he loses his fitness easy? Yeah, well. Wow. I wouldn't think he'd lose his fitness at all. I mean, Western City Eagles saying it's great to see how much he respects the Australian jersey, not letting, him so, letting himself go physically, making a conscious effort to stay fit. Yeah. Oh, mate, right, the, Western Sydney Eagle. You know, and I love that. Do, do you think in this generation, the jersey and, you know, what it means to them, where they've come from, do you think that's something that's been in recent times? Or has that always been around, do you reckon? The With love the ca- for the jersey? Yeah. Do you know what? There was a period there, and as much as I hate to say it, as a kid growing up in the household I did, it was all about wearing the Australian jersey. But we went through a period there where I think or- the origin jersey meant more. When Mal got back into in charge of the Australian side, he ensured that everyone's mindset, whether you're in Queensland, New South Wales, that the number one pinnacle jersey you want yeah. in your career is a, is a green and gold jersey. To stand... For an, a, a, a national anthem in Australian jersey. Oh, stop it! Yeah, yeah awesome. You know, Wembley in front of ninety thousand. Yeah, you know, it's there'd be nothing better. Mate, I would love to have played any kind of sport under Mal Meninga. Mm. I love that traditionalism. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right, Cam Murray there, live from Townsville, not Bowen. Uh, they had been in Bowen for lunch. This is off the bench summer edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is off the bench summer edition. Every now and then we go outside the arena, well, the sports arena, Sats. There's and still a sporting angle on this, Jason. Well, remember? there is. Yeah, yeah there is. Uh, but I, I tell you what, he's he's a very special person. And 
Uh, if this man didn't get involved, no doubt a killer would still be walking the streets. He's a very good friend of yours. He is. Headley Thomas, of course, creator of the popular crime podcast, The Teacher's Pet. And he's authored a book also about the case, Jason, listeners, and which captured the attention of over 30 million downloads. 30 million. Uh, it's, as I said, it's now, called, it's now a book called The Teacher's Pet. And he is on the line. Seven-time Walkley winner, two-time gold Walkley winner, Headley Thomas joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Headley? That's mate, I'm great, and thank you for that very thoughtful introduction. No, it's uh, such a, an exhausting uh, investigative piece that you've put together for so many years, uh, Headley. And, and we got you on the podcast, sorry, we got you on the show a couple of years ago to talk about when, well, it was actually only about last year when the, the actual the case was still going against Chris Dawson. Mm. Um, and for a guy who said to me after this podcast that he'd never do one again because it's so exhausting, you've really built a rod for your own back, have you? <laughs> what motivated you to put it into a reading format? Look, I wanted to do a big a big read that would also be a personal memoir, Scott. Um, a memoir of a remarkable case that spans four decades. Lynn was murdered in 1982. That's 41 years ago. Um uh, and you know, I wanted to demonstrate how a criminal justice system had utterly failed this woman, let her down very badly, and then we were able to show as well how the system came good, uh, how journalism helped, and take, take readers inside an investigation by police and by a journalist and really attempt to show the entrails, show what happens, highlight the you know, the high-level, very risky decisions that are made in a newspaper's newsroom when uh, a journalist in late 2017, that that's me, goes to the editor and says, can I have six months to work on one story that's going to call a, a man who's never been charged with anything a murderer? And, uh, you know, those are, are big calls. And uh, I think people will find parts of that story really interesting then, of course, after Chris Dawson is charged with Lynn's murder in late 2018 at the end of the podcast series, there are three and a half years of legal battles because he must have spent you know, at least one or two million bucks trying everything to avoid a murder trial. And that meant putting the podcast and my journalism and all of the work that had been done on him effectively on trial in a bid to show he couldn't get a fair trial. And all of that's in there too. And I haven't been able to talk about that much before. So it's, yeah, there's there's a lot there. There's also stuff about the personal things. And, you know, you know a little bit about the toll that these things take and about the toll this took on me and, and my family. And um, I wanted to share some of that too. Hey, Headley, Jason here, mate. At any stage, particularly in the early parts, did you ever doubt yourself? Yes. I did, and I was concerned that Lynn's story was so important and the treachery and betrayal and the letdowns so deep and vast that I didn't have the skills to properly convey it. Uh, I just suffered from you know that old imposter syndrome, and uh, what that led me to do was just um, uh, avoid the writing. And, and I was in a comfort zone when I was finding new leads and witnesses and going out and interviewing and recording them and uh, going through all the documents. That's where I felt okay and I felt like I could handle things. But as soon as I, I thought about trying to write the story 
and do justice to Lynn, you know, it really intimidated me. I got to a point though where I couldn't put it off any longer and uh, I started writing it and, 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 you know, then it just started pouring out. But um, there was another time during the uh, legal battles when I was fearful that the whole case would fall over, that the police efforts and the prosecution efforts would all come to nothing because I feared that Chris would win, but he'd say that the more than, I think by then it was about 60 million or 50 million downloads, that that would mean a jury couldn't um, give him a fair trial. And then I knew that we'd be blamed, journalism would be blamed for um, allowing this whole thing to collapse. So there were a few big pressure points there. Now, Headley, you first started covering the story in the early 2000s and We've previously, like you said, had you on Sports Day to discuss the case. And, of course, Chris Dawson was a former Newtown Rugby League player and a rugby union player as well. Now, you became really an extension of Lynn's family throughout this whole process. What were the emotions like in the courtroom the day that he was found guilty? Mate, I I think we were all just um, so incredibly relieved. And, you know, there was a huge amount of... Um, support and love in our little group but we were mindful that staring into the back of our heads were uh, members of the Dawson family I mean I had Paul Dawson sitting one row behind me and he and you know his wife Marilyn and other members of the family they would have been utterly shattered at the same time as as Greg Sims Lynn's brother and his wife Marilyn and you know other you know very close and dear members of the Sims family were wanting to sort of you know do fist pumps and and cheer in an adjacent court because the courtroom where the judge delivered his uh, decision there there were only so many seats so in an adjacent really large court there were many members of the public who had come in because um they just wanted to see what the result would be and they were hoping for a guilty verdict. And when that, when, when they got that guilty verdict, because they were getting a live stream of the, of the verdict, they all broke into cheers and clapping and there was this spontaneous hugging and so on. And in that courtroom, you had other members of Chris's family, um, including his youngest daughter, or second youngest, yeah, his youngest daughter with Lynn, and um, you know, I can only imagine how that felt for her to witness the euphoria that erupted when he was convicted. There weren't too many people in Australia outside Team Dawson who believed he was innocent. Now, the irony of the whole situation now is tonight, as we speak to you, you're on your way to a theatre, so just fill in the listeners where you're on your way to tonight and what you're doing tonight and, and the significance of where it's hosted. Mate, I'm glad you asked. It's the Glen Street Theatre in a place called Belrose on the, um, the north side of Sydney, uh, not too far from the from the northern beaches. And it's here that I'm going to be meeting Lynn's uh, family, Lynn's uh, friends who helped me in the podcast and who remain great friends of mine, and also the former students of Cromer High School who helped me put the pieces together for the podcast. Again, we've become very close, but a few, more than 400 other people are coming too because we're going to launch my new book, The Teacher's Pet, here, and I'm going to be in conversation talking about it, and and then uh, I'll be signing some books. But just a couple of hundred metres from the Glen Street Theatre is the Belrose Eagles rugby league team, 
um, headquarters. And, and that's where Chris and Paul Dawson were the captain coaches after their Newtown Jets career. And they were playing for the Belrose Eagles when Chris murdered Lynn. And, um, uh, you know, you just think, gosh, you know, 41 years ago, this went down and, and here we are returning to this place to talk about a, a, a case that's now, you know, been a podcast, been mm. a book, been a successful prosecution and Chris is at Long Bay Prison some you know, 30 odd kilometres from here. Now, Headley, I, I can't wait to get this book. Um, when and where can we get it? And is it true Scott Sattler makes an appearance? <laughs> he does. He's going to be thumbing the pages crazily because <laughs> I, I didn't put an index in, so he'd have to buy it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he he's in there. Scott and I met. Um, well, we've known each other for some time, but I caught up with Scott when I was doing research for the podcast, and and he's always been fascinated by the case. And uh, I mean, he knew the Dawsons as teachers at Coomba Bar State High, as That's did right. my sister Rebecca Frizzell. Uh And and so you know, he's had a a, a very uh, interesting connection through that period. And he was good enough to be interviewed by me, and he spoke. Um, you know, of his experience with Chris and Paul Dawson as a as a student. So uh, I think that so many people, you know, have a connection to this case and and have been of great help to me. And I've tried to name check a lot of them, or most of them, in in the book. And uh, I've been enormously grateful for all the help I've had. So where about where, where can we get it? Is it online uh, bookstores? It'll be um, it's online. Um, we're doing an audio book, which is going through its final stages of uh, production. Um, all good and all not so good bookstores. Uh, <laughs> all the big retailers. It's right. everywhere, I think. And, and, and uh, when uh, now it's available now. Perfect. It went on sale yesterday. Wow. Uh, I've had scouts out photographing um, cities and uh, regional stores to make sure it's there and it is. So uh, awesome. uh, I'm very wrapped. I must have uh, already signed about uh, 60 copies. Oh, good on you. Before we let you go, we know we're going to let you go. Um, surely there's got to be a movie. Uh, I know who will play Sats. It'll be Squiggy uh, from Laverne Shirley. Yep. But yourself, uh, Headley, if there is a movie on this, uh, are we thinking, I don't know, are we thinking Brad Pitt? Uh, or what? what Mate, are look, it could Johnny be Brad. I, look, I, I think I think Hugh Jackman's going to have a chance. Would yep. um, let him audition for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would we see um, a movie? Seriously, good. could we see a movie on this? I think it, I think it's I think it, the story's too vast for a movie. I think it needs to be a big TV series, mm. and uh, that's what I reckon would do it justice. Cause it's such a, um, an extraordinary case, um, and you know it. it Spans such a long time, you couldn't compress it into a movie. So um, possibly, you know, one or two eight-episode seasons, you could you could do justice to it all. Um, awesome. And it's also so cinematic. I mean, in a TV series, you could actually have uh, an actor replicating Sats when he was at um, Coomba Bar High, running around as a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's where Squiggy comes with a mad flat moment. top. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Headley, uh, congratulations on the work so far. So much to come still. And uh, congratulations on the book also. So to listeners, The Teacher's Pet by Headley Thomas. You can get it at all good bookstores, Amazon, uh, online. And make sure you go and buy it because the podcast was outstanding. As you said, over yeah. 30 million downloads. If you haven't heard the podcast, go and do yourself a favour. 
and also go and buy the book. Headley Thomas, thank you very much for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks so much, guys. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. with Australia and Brown got it away quickly to Cross. This is Ryan Cross. What spirit of defence can it turn into attack? Ball inside net for Takiri. Not into Takiri. Oh, what a try this is. Not just because of the finish, but because of the tackling that went beforehand. What a great player in both codes. What a great man as well. Rad has said he's one of the greatest tourists as Good well. Good tour. And we'll bring him into Sports Day. How are you, Lottie? Thomas, how are you? Really well. Now, before we talk about the Wallabies and the Broncos, now, Rat... Let's after... talk about banana and pizza. Oh, oh. Yeah, do you are you a banana, banana and pizza? No way. Exactly. Oh, Thank man. you. Thank you, Lottie. Yeah, it's just... It's doesn't, dreamy. Doesn't yeah. sound right, does it? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, now, sorry, I interrupted you there, mate. No, nah, you're right. 67 tests for the Wallabies. Now, Rat has admitted that after 45 tests for the Wallabies, he still didn't know the rules. So... <laughs> At 67 tests, were you in the same boat? Mate, they changed every year, mate. <laughs> if Rat didn't have an idea, mate, he, he started the year before me over there and he played at school, so I had no idea, mate. I was still asking Morgan Turanui on the field what some of the moves were. <laughs> did, you, did you ever, did any of you ever put you through any of the, um, the, uh, the spot tests where he grabbed you and, and test you on all the moves and stuff at training? Did he grab you and do that to you at all, Lottie? He got me a few times. No, did he get you a few times oh, on that, did mate, he, mate? Well, you were playing, sometimes you were playing 10, sometimes yeah. you were playing 12, mate. Yeah, so I you had to, I guess, know some of those plays. Mm. Um, mate, I just, if you were playing 10, mate, I just said, mate, just hit me on a cutout, double cutout. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I do remember calling plays at times and looking over to you and seeing a very blank look <laughs> on your face. <laughs> that was a good time. Hey, uh, Lottie, what do you yeah, think well. um, in the aftermath of the Wallabies missing out in the finals? What was your yeah. first reaction? Um, well, they obviously didn't deserve to, to, to be there, obviously, with the, with, with the way they played. They were, you know, I, I, I had faith in Eddie. I probably still do have a little faith in Eddie. I think he was the right man for the job. Um, he was up against it with a squad he picked. Um, we all know you need a, a lot of um, cohesion in the team to go to, to win anything, really. And, mate, they, they went into that, you know, the World Cup uh, with you know, three or four different captains, combinations, ridiculous combinations that, you know, you need to build combinations going in the big tournaments and he just didn't have or give the players enough time to do that, mate. And they were always, in my opinion, doomed to fail. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, Lottie. Mate, just, just on, on the, the, just stay on the rugby quickly, but I, but I think a lot of people, what they don't realise in Australia is how big, rugby is internationally like particularly over there in europe through you know france and through ireland and england yeah, yeah. it's just it's a massive game isn't it like it, it's it's as big if not bigger than rugby league is here would, would you agree yeah it is especially in france mate i think um and, and england you go to some of those places and mate, they probably ne- never even heard of you you probably haven't never even heard of them as well and they're really uh you know patriotic about their teams uh, um, it, it's a great part of the world to be in at the at the moment. I reckon mm. um, I'm, I'm probably dis- a little bit disappointed I didn't get there for the for, to see some of the rugby. Um, you know, um, and I reckon if Fiji make the semi or the final, I think I'll. I think <laughs> you'll find a way to get over there. A little junket for Lottie over there. I'm sure a sponsor would love to have you there. 
I'm sure, I'm sure, mate. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> hey, mate, um, your Broncos. So they went pretty close this year. Mate, um, yeah, they, they, look like, they look like they're building. They're building something pretty special there that could go on for many years to come, build something perhaps like the early 2000s yeah, and mate. 90s. Do you think this that loss is going to knock them about too much? Or do you think they'll young enough and oh. short enough memory to get over it and move on? Yeah, I think Corey Park, I think Lockie sort of said, you know, it, it'll weigh on them a fair bit. I think happened to them after two... 15 was it when they yeah. when they lost to the Cowboys? Mm. Um, but I think these bikes are young enough, and they all year in the sense of just brushing off things. But mate, they were there. They actually had that game one, didn't they? They, mm. they the game was there. Um, they are building, but in the modern era, mate, I think young blokes are a lot more. I don't know, savvy, but there's more people in their heads around you know what money that can earn potentially and. Um, it's just keeping that young squad together yeah. uh, is going to be a big worry for Brisbane. Yeah, and Heather... Man was an unbelievable in that grand final, and, yeah. uh, and they've got a few more that they've got to try and keep on their books. Yeah. How they replace Adam Reynolds is probably the biggest hole, isn't yeah, it? At the age of the years, yeah. 33 years of age. Now, um, yeah, Lottie... what do you reckon? Do you give oh. him another year? Do you oh, give I'll him give a couple of years? I'll give him another Well, I don't think you need to make a decision now, Lottie. I think yeah. you need to probably, after seven or eight rounds next year, make a decision then, see how his body... As you know, Lottie, better than anyone, your, your body ages yep. in one pre-season, yep. doesn't it? Mm. Yes, it does, mate. And, and you know, he, he plays in a position where his cops each, each traffic as well. Um but he seems to have bounced back. They've looked after him really well. I think they, they try and keep him on as long as they can and um, mentor a few of these younger kids that are coming through. Now, before we talk about the Carl Webb charity game, which you're going to be playing in this weekend with a lot of other legends, really quickly, Michael Maguire, you won a comp in 2000 and you go to Rugby Union and then you win a comp in 2014 under Michael Maguire. Now, he's been yep. mentioned as a possible New South Wales coach. He said he's learned a lot mm. since leaving South Sydney and... Do you think with the short-term coaching, and you've played a lot of Origin, do you think he'd yes. be able to handle that pretty well, Madge? I reckon. I reckon Madge would be, if not the, the leading candidate, because he's really passionate about uh, about what he does. I, I know you know, mate, and some of the players that have played under him, um, you know, uh, to sustain that amount of passion for, you know, 26, 28 rounds is really tough. He's obviously said that he, he's learned a, a fair bit. Um, but I think, you know, a six-week block with, you know, cream of the crop players. I think um, Mads could do a, could do a really good job mm, with yeah. Nathan Cleary and the players he had as, as at his disposal. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Lottie. Um, mate, now this weekend you're strapping the boots back on. Now tell us a bit about oh, this. This is for, uh, for the Carlton. No, I'm not, so mate. I'm, I'm in Sydney. I'm in no. Sydney. Uh, my daughter's no, playing no. for Queensland soccer. I would have been there, but. Um, you strapped the boots on for the Carl yeah. Webb charity for, for the for the M and D Legends team, mate. Tell us a bit about this. Yes, mate. Who's playing? Yeah, with mate. Well, so it's um, oh, mate, is it, it's a fair crew. I think mm. um, Greg Inglis was playing. Oh, you don't make bird, the dirty bird. Um, <laughs> who else is there, mate? We, we, you got we, Craig Greenhill, Ash Harrison, with... Dallas Johnson, Ben Ash Barber, Harrison. Brenton Bowen. Yeah, Jeez, it's a, this team. Well. Yeah, Matty Bowen, I think, too. I think it's a testament to Carl Webb and yep. the, I guess, the impact he had on the game and on the plays he played with. Um, fun-loving bloke, he still is. But he's going through a tough time at the moment. Hopefully, he can raise a little bit of money for him. Uh, I'm not looking forward to tackling or, or doing anything, mate. I'm, I'm probably looking more like a front rower than a winger these days. I've got a feeling Cookie um, might come I'm out, LT. 
my cookie cookie came out when I was. Is this his alter ego? Fit, so you can. No, have, mate, you, have you seen cookie, the movie Men of Honor? Yeah, with, with Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in the big yeah, diving yeah. kit and yeah. he's trying to walk and he can't lift his legs. Yeah, that's LT at preseason. <laughs> cookie, <laughs> cookie. <laughs> <laughs> do we call him Cookie? Yeah, he might come out. Eh? So you, stay away from the ball, LT. Cookie or? will be there after, uh, <laughs> after two runs and then I'll be putting my hand up. <laughs> oh, nice oh, one, mate. Now we see the cricketer Chris Lynn's going to be playing as well, so he, he'll be an easy target, Lottie. He's on your side, but. I'd love to see him get snapped yeah, well, in half, been, Lenny. Yeah, Lenny, he's a good bloke too. He's, he's been on the text during the week. Uh, but he said to everyone, look after him. He's made a chalk. He said, quick, <laughs> afraid of chalk, that made me laugh. Uh, um, I think he's looking forward to a few drinks after the game, more so the game. So um, he will have that foreign post-game, hopefully. I remember his first, when he went to the Caribbean uh, IPL, the yeah. Premier League. His first time, I said, yeah. you, who'd you live with over there? You live with Chris Gale for six weeks. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. So you can see Lottie in action. Yeah. Lottie in action with a lot of those other NRL and, and cricketing stars. This Saturday, yeah, 14th of amazing. October. At, Come down. Yeah, KO Stadium at Redcliffe. Gates open at 12.30. Main game kicks off at 3 p.m. Tickets at ticketech.com.au. Lottie Takiri, always great to catch up with you, mate. Thank you for joining us on Sports Day. Good to see you. Yep, thanks, boys. Take it easy. Make Make sure Cookie doesn't come out. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yes, uh, certainly plenty going on at the moment. Of course, Spring Carnival well and truly underway. Uh, Imagine what you could be buying instead, Chris Nelson. uh, A big weekend in Queensland? Yeah, big weekend in Queensland, Jason Sats. Uh, but a big weekend, as you mentioned, down south as well. We've got uh, the Everest, of course, on Saturday, the $20 million Everest. We've got the, the Caulfield Guineas, the King Charles. It's uh, I would say it's the biggest day's racing of the entire year this day now. It's, um, it's just huge. The racing is Group 1, top class, and plenty of prize money as well. So uh, we've got 10 races at Eagle Farm. They mightn't quite measure up to what's down south, but there's still 10 winners there, and they still pay the same money and the same dividends, guys. Is that what happens on weekends like this, Nelson, when there is so much of a focus on, say, another state, that yep. that Racing Queensland will say, well, listen, we'll let them have their glory for now, and then we cash in later on on our own events? Well, that's... That's the way it works. I mean, we have our glory in uh, in the wintertime sats and around Christmas time with Magic Millions and, and the other states pretty much do nothing in the winter. Uh, Sydney and Melbourne, there's not much good racing it's going too on cold. there. So it's too cold. It's too wet. And, you know, and, and they're getting ready for spring as well or they're sending their horses to Queensland. So not as much as it used to be sort of uh, areas would, would have their carnivals and then they'd drift away. But we've had more now in the last few years of Sydney and Melbourne in the spring uh, seem to be having their carnivals at the very same time, and that's what creates this big day on Saturday. Who are we following this weekend, Nelson? Well, on a, from a Queensland viewpoint, Sats, we are following Yellow Brick in the Silver Eagle, who goes around in that race at uh, at Ramwick, and Tino goes around in the Turak Handicap, which is a Group 1 race at Caulfield, and Uncommon James goes around in a Group 2 race, the Scalacci, also at Caulfield. And there's a little three-year-old there by the name of Appen Girl, in uh, the Thoroughbred Club Stakes at Caulfield as well. So plenty of Queensland interest in the races this week. How's Yellow Bricks' campaign been in the lead-up? 
Well, he's had one run back from a break and he was beaten in the Wheatwood Handicap at Toowoomba. Uh, I think, well, I personally thought he'd win that race and I think there's a lot of other people thought that. So it's a bit of a D-day for him, I think, on Saturday. He, he faces stronger opposition down there in Sydney. Uh, his favourite uh, is around 3 or $4 mark in the markets. And I don't know, I, I just got a feeling that uh, he might not be the same horse he was uh, maybe last season or the season you know earlier on. I just I want to see him do it, do something really good before I get carried away again. And he's going to have to do that on Saturday. Um, does a horse know when they're the favourite? Like, do you think they know? I got these ones. I got her beat, him beat. Whatever. Do they know that? <laughs> I have a feeling they don't, Jace. I've just got this wild feeling that they actually have no idea. So unless they know them all by sight and they go, I've beaten you before. Well, they've got no opposable thumbs, so they can't check on their phone. Well, but the trainer could have played a video replay of them. Like, True, yeah. Could have went, went on to... Yeah, well, they've got eyes. Yeah, mm. that's right. Could have gone on to uh, racingqueensland.com.au and checked out the guide. So... Of course. We'll move on. Tips uh, this weekend? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a few tips here. Eagle Farm, really keen race four, number 10, Titanium. Uh, race seven, number two, devastating, and race nine, number six, Ekaterina. I think will run well. Also, uh, in that yellow brick race in Sydney, race eight, the uh, the gold, the silver eagle. I'm going to tip number twelve, Benedetta, the Victoria mare to beat yellow brick. So race eight, number twelve, and in the Everest, I'll go with Peter Moody's horse. I wish I win race right. seven, number one. There's a question. So I uh, we were talking about this last night, weren't we, Satsy? I, yep. I love I wish I win. I think that's, I mean, I'm glad it's blown out a bit. Uh, but but it, yep. barrier one in a 1,200-metre yep. race, you'd think that would be ideal, wouldn't you? Well, it all depends on where the horse settles. Now, if he's the sort of horse which he is who generally gets back in his races, he could find himself three or four back on the fence and with absolutely nowhere to go in the straight. So that's why there's a lot of people running around saying, well, you get buried on the fence. He's not going to get a clear crack at them in the straight. If he had a wider gate, you get to the outside and whiz down the outside. But I'll tell you what it will do. It'll enable him to probably settle closer in the run, and there's not a lot of speed on the speed map. So he might be close enough, and if he gets a gap in the straight, I think he'll still be able to beat them. And I think he's got clearly the best form. All right, check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Catch you later, Nelso. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Rightio, Nelso. Uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Off the Bench, the summer edition. Jason Matthews here. We'll be back with Sports Day on Monday night. Myself and Sats wrap back on Tuesday night with Sats. Uh, enjoy the basketball tonight. We've got the Bullets taking on the Sydney Kings, a blockbuster at Nissan Arena. That game is coming up shortly. Enjoy your weekend of sport. Catch you on Sports Day Monday from 5.